Hey, up and welcome to the temple of Blair Cryptic Offerings, where four people not really qualified to chat about bands chat about bands. <laughs> so we've got myself, Dave, there's my good friend Jim, and we have Johnny and Justin from Uberox. So lads, how are we doing? Yeah, cool. pretty good. Living cool. the dream at the moment. <laughs> Living the dream, cool. So we won't, we won't bullshit anymore because the decision has to be made now. So the decision is, do we want to spend... 20 minutes at the start of the podcast chatting about experiences we've had with Johnny's band or 20 minutes at the end of the podcast chatting about experiences we've had with Johnny's band? Um, <laughs> at the end, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I'm going to seriously fucking lower the tone with my band. Yeah. Um, so perhaps it's better to do the end and do all like the qualified <laughs> musicians first and then, then we'll cover mine. <laughs> all right. Oh, I don't know what the that. audience um, retention is though on this, so maybe people stick around for smut, or maybe they want the smut up front. I don't know. Well, if, if they'll stick yeah. around, it's better having them at the end. Oh, uh, so yeah, definitely. Well, like, well, we, we could just like spend two minutes on all the other bands. Like, yeah, we liked and we didn't like them. Here's a song, here's a link, and go right. Let's chat about footprints. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be a disservice to everybody else. Absolutely. No, I, I say stick them at the end. Do like 10 foot wizard right, do stick and stick the thing at the end that everyone definitely wants to hear about. Sweet. Sweet. We could we could actually talk about silly stories of them, couldn't we, really? So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's make it an Uber Rock sandwich then. Just think go. Okay. Uh, so I picked 24-7 Diva Heaven. So uh new band, uh Riot Girl kind of sound, uh, based in Berlin over in Germany. And they actually founded the Girl Noisy Movement, which is a safe space project for female, transgender, and uh, other uh, marginalised communities, uh, both for musicians and for fans as well. Uh, it's, I guess, kind of alt-rock, alt-punk kind of sound. Uh, lots of uh, melodies, but then some much harsher kind of deliveries as well without going into the, the kind of grunts of the, you know, absolute hardcore punk kind of thing. Uh, there's, I think there's quite a bit of... They, they use very similar chord progressions for most of the songs, but it doesn't feel, I think, too... I guess the word is stale or similar, simply because they they have a lot of politics in the songs, in the uh, lyrically in the song, sorry. So they just they can kind of differentiate even having the similar sounds musically by the actual subjects that they approach lyrically, so it, it can change it up. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny that you said the rest that created this movement sort of thing, because as soon as I heard them and went, these are the sort of band that play in clubs where you have to be a member of a cooperative and you sign a petition halfway through the gig and yeah and there's glasses with big rimmed glasses and half the red shaves standing about that's the definite if they're going for the vibe they definitely give off that vibe I mean you sound a little bit better but though, I, I don't know I'm not not Oh, no, 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 I'm saying if that's what they're going for, then they sound like, I mean, like from Berlin, but that sound has just made me think of that exact venue, I know an exact place in Leeds where it'd be like, yeah, perfect, on the bill, sold out sort of thing. So, you know, they're, they're doing what they set out to do if if, if that's the thing. So, uh, but I liked them because they had a bit of a Dead Kennedys vibe to them. Mm. 
There's, there's kind of like some Dead Kennedys twang and it was it was punk, but not quite standard punk. It was a little bit of something different to them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I like that about them. Yeah. It actually struck me as very kind of L7-y because it's that similar kind of... Yeah. Uh, that That's why I said alt punk rather yeah. than alt rock, which I think is what they classify themselves. Because yeah. it is that punk aspect, but then it's, it's not grunge, even though there's a, that kind of grunge aspect to it as mm. well. And that's why I kind of went with alt punk. But yeah, I fully get what you mean with what you said, yeah. For me, it was... Um, it kind of felt like a post-grunge sound. The first thing, the first thing I thought of was kind of like, oh, it sounds a bit holey, like a bit like like a raw kind of hole. And then it sort of departs that and becomes a little bit more 21st century accessible. I, I wrote it down. It sounds a bit like it wouldn't have been out of place on the Scott Pilgrim um, soundtrack, mm. like a slowed down Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. If you really want to put a thing to it, but. It, it sounds very Los Angeles, modern day Los Angeles. And the, the thing that's driving that is I, I, I used to listen to a lot of circle jerk LA podcasts, like fucking nerdist, Doug Benson, uh, Jonah Ray and all that stuff. And all of those podcasts, if there's anything musically sort of like, if there's a theme tune about them, uh, sorry, if there's a theme tune in the podcast or if there's, if it's a music podcast, it's that kind of sound that would prevail. It's very, it's, it's music for very cool and attractive people until you get about, until you're in it for about 10 minutes and you realize, oh no, there's actually some, some bigger sexy hooks here, which aren't necessarily found in that sort of weird LA circle jerk. I was, I was on about before. It's like sometimes, cause sometimes when I'm wandering around that aesthetic, it's like, all right, oh, this is the music for cool, and attractive people. This is the soundtrack to this indie film that cause they couldn't afford the license to anything worthwhile. And then I got to a bit which sounded like fucking sabotage. What was it? Head on collision. There's a bit that sounded like sabotage. It was just relenting in this open string riff and it was like really cool. Point being, it, it transcends that world. And then you realize it's not from LA, they're from Berlin. And then it all stacks up. So Jim, have we discovered transcendent punk? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, nothing more transcendent than uh, Bowling for Soup. Yeah, Bowling for Soup. Yeah, man, definitely. John... I'd say yeah, I, I, I quite like these odds. Um, I I sort of like was taken right back to the nineties. It was very much that like sort of nineties. Yeah, there's a bit of grunge in there. Like there's the the odd riff that sort of crops up that sounds like it could have been like a sort of B side Nirvana riff. There's that's any bit up there. Um, quite a lot of like I think the first band that really spun to mind was the AAS, which is a band that I don't think I've really thought about for about fucking 10, 15 years. <laughs> so they might not even the sound like them anymore. I can't actually remember uh, what they sounded like, but that was definitely what I was getting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's was quite electronic uh, later on with uh, like yeah. Hetzel Roll and stuff like that. But uh, I, I guess you're meaning the kind of Gold Lion maps kind of era? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's definitely sense. what I was getting. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the bands they kind of most reminded me of were... Uh, Le Tigre, uh, they're the early kind of riot girl bands, which is why I kind of mentioned that quite early on as well. Because mm. you yeah. had, well, Bikini Kill and obviously Le Tigre had the same vocalists. It was that whole kind of, uh, in a weird way, kind of similar to Spice Girls with the whole kind of girl power thing, but taking it into a much more punk, alt-rock uh, orientated mm. uh, aspect. Mm. Kind of like a sloppy runaways in a way as well, aren't they? Yeah, it, it 
like like a more kind of punk version of them. Yeah, that'd be pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Sloppy runaways. <laughs> yeah, because they got that so jang- specific. They got that jangly guitar sound. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a bunch of lasses doing their sort of like last thing, isn't it? So it's the sloppy runaways. You know, I'm saying that in a good way because I like no, the <laughs> There's another one for the blooper reel already. Thanks. <laughs> no, I, was, I thought it was quite. A, I thought it was quite a good description. Yeah. No, no one's as, as mine, to be fair. And and and, and is in keeping with everything else. No one said cunt yet. <laughs> cool. Right. I think I think we've dug your nose on that one. So. Uh, Jim, let's let's go to your band, which we can't possibly dig any holes with. Indian <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nightmare, are a band who I don't know anything about them other than I knew I could be friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, okay. they're formed by five members uh, from Indonesia, Italy, uh, Turkey, Mexico. They're also based in Berlin, <laughs> active since 2014, signed to High Roller Records, <laughs> and um, it's just it's just basically Venom. It just sounds like, it, even in the mix, in the delivery, it just sounds like fun venom. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you frowned yeah. a bit there, Justin. I, I kind of had a slightly different take than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you kind of carry on with what no, you're saying. No, it's all right. I, I think, because for me, when it opened up with the Conan sample, I was like, yes. uh, regardless, of con- yes. regardless of context and delivery, Dave's yeah. going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I listened to that one, I went, I'm even more sold. <laughs> yeah, when um, when it kicks into Five Meat Steel, it's just it's it's just got some early sort of um, early Venom, early New Wave, rich heavy metal in there as well. It's just got a bit of everything for everyone. Uh, if you're into your old school metal, and that's like a very very wide net to cast. If you're into that kind of world. Uh, this is the band for you, I think. Mm. There's a bit. Oh. I wouldn't even say there's a there's a bit in there for everyone. I'd say there's a lot in there for everyone. Uh, they sound to me. They were venom for me. The word destruction. The sort of like mm. you know old school thrash with bad production value, but in a good way. But then it's like destruction if come from from because when he goes hype, you were King Diamond. <laughs> See, that's pretty much exactly yeah, what I wrote there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, it's destruction with King Diamond on mixed by Fenris on the later Dark Throne albums. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I went a slightly different way, and I actually thought that the vocals were a bit more reminiscent of Cinefungal. Ah, uh, mm. because it's that whole kind of they've got the two different sounds because they've got the kind of almost a monomath type vocals as well. Mm. But there is that kind. I mean, I, I actually wrote down the bastard child of crazy trainee at Aussie meets a man of math. Yeah, yeah. And because it, it like the what what the rest of you said about the new wave of British heavy metal, I could say that's kind of probably where I was thinking with the Aussie comment. Mm. It was just mm. I think it was the uh, the first one, uh, fire meets steel. There's some of the riffs in that just sounded very kind of Randy Rhodes like. Maybe the way that Brandy would approach the way mm. he wrote songs. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's definitely of a second. It's very triplety in that song as well, which is like that gallop is very mm-hmm. early 80s, sort of mm-hmm. British, Children of the Gravy. Mm-hmm. Children of the Gravy is a band. 
<laughs> of course it is. Of course you got demand in the world. We are children and gravy. It's got to be up there with one foot in the gravy as well, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, that actually um, sounded to me like it said the because the only thing I take issue with is is the song called War Metal Punks, which sounds nothing like the genre of war metal. <laughs> Does it sound like war punks? metal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, punks doing war metal. <laughs> yeah, punks doing war metal. What? Well, 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 it's I, I like it, but you know, I've got I've got to have one little nitpick every band that I like, haven't I? Because that's, that's what we're in for, isn't it? We just did a nitpick and whinge about music. It's fun. It's <laughs> one of those bands that just seem really set up. You know what I mean? Like they just seem like, all right, we're going to do this thing, and we're, we're going to roll with it for five or six years. And if you look at the difference between the two uh, releases, there's not there's there's pro- there's trajectory in the same direction they started, and if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that consistency. Yeah. I like I like the consistency. I like this. It's kind of silly, and I like the artwork because the artwork it all speaks to that same kind of. It says metal punk steel. Mm-hmm. That kind of adds it up really nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like. Um, Imagine if there was a golden heart that was slightly less successful but more cool. You know how, like, um, <laughs> right, let me just make, let me put this into words you can understand, Dave. Um, they're what the Finnish army were to the <laughs> against the against the Red Army, just like slugging underdogs. Slugging underdogs, yeah. Slugging underdogs that can ski, yeah. All right, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The wild mountains of Indonesia. <laughs> yes, the wild knockout mountains of Indonesia. Uh, yeah. No, the, there was also um, some of, some of the songs. It did the destruction thing, but then there was like the crossover thrash sort of like breakdowny riff bits in it, which I thought was quite good because that gave it like a little bit of modern flavour. Like, oh, we're doing this old school stuff, but yeah, we listen to Municipal Waste a fair bit. Here's one of these riffs. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just quite speed metally in that mm, way. Yeah, I think the only other thing I had written down that, that we haven't mentioned is, um, like, Dave, you'll probably remember these guys. Do you remember a band called Gehenna who did the song Piss Off on Drinking? Johnny, how could I forget Gehenna? <laughs> no, I mean, I've forgotten every time me and you have listened to Gehenna, but I haven't forgotten about Gehenna. Because so, we were drinking and telling people to piss off. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty much what it is. But yeah, it was the, I think it was the song, is it Megapower? Um, that really just screams Gehenna at me and then you've got like the King Diamond vocals like in the chorus as well yeah. that was that sort of like was my experience with Indian Nightmare I think that was it <laughs> that was yeah. the one yeah it's, it's it's that crap northern European badly produced thrash but good like, like crap in a good way it's like you know like B-movie stuff and you love it and it's like yeah would yeah. you sit in the back of a bar in Manchester until they came on stage drinking coffee um, nah, mate, they're not full on up. They're not full on up. There's only one man in the world to do that, but they're not full on up. You can't listen to that sober. I mean, I was driving when I listened to it, but it just felt wrong. It's like you need to be six tins in, and then you can, you know, do it. But you know, it's one of them. If they were supporting any any sort of thrash, like Gamma Bomb, you'd put them on support for Gamma Bomb, and you'd be like, "What a fucking bill that is." Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, stop. In certain solo, like last time I saw Gamma Bomb, where people were going sideways into tables on columns, I'm like, <laughs> that was not good. All right, should we, should we move on that? Yeah, go for it. 
and person at this time. We're, we're definitely on track for spending half an hour talking about footprints. <laughs> 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 I thought I thought that was a plan to say. Pretty well. Uh, well, we'll go with my band then, which is um, Earthshine, and yeah, these popped up on some random random thing and I looked at as usual I look at the album over and go I'd like this band because the album comes some like Eastern European medieval dude stood looking at a gravestone and gazing wistfully across a step and then the album cover said something about mountains on it I'm like yeah I'm done yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I give them a listen the way to I've been I've been sitting down with them a fair bit today and I think the best way to describe them is like if you slowed down a monomath and were sober whilst listening to a monomath and sort of like considered everything and went, hmm, yes, hmm, in the very sort of like King Conan on his throne sort of sitting there pondering sort of way. So they've got that going on from them. And then they've got like the really cool guitar melodies going on where it's just like trilling with some effect. In it. But that sort of sets the tone for all the songs and makes them stand out from other bands other bands like him. And I think um, I think another reason why I like him is the song uh, Conquer Thy Mountain. I think there's something very inspirational about that. So you just sat there on your King Conan throne going, yes, I will conquer my mountain. Yes, yes, this is what I am. So that's good. And But then the weirdest thing about them, I think, is you look at that album cover, you go, they're definitely from Eastern Europe. They're mates with Drudka. But then you think, oh, possibly, nah, they've got to be Scandinavian. Nah, it's two Aussies. Two Aussies. They're from Australia and they do this thing where they talk about... Uh, mountains and fucking snow and shit like that and there's, there's no there's no snow in australia everyone knows that so you know it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's one of them but um and then there's also you see the two albums were um five years apart and you can see a difference like the first one is a lot more this guy's trying to do this guy's trying to do Johan Hegg, but then five years later it's like he's settled into his own style and it's pretty good and then the song where there's like bit of chanting in it and a bit of spoken word and they're gone for a lot longer so yeah they're a good they're a good sort of like stand with your arms folded and nod with a big smile on your face going yeah yeah like this it's a sort of band there I um it's interesting you say it was a monomath but slower because I've got notes saying it's a monomath but they swapped a longboat for a canal barge <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty yeah. good. It wasn't for it's not for me though, because I'm not like I'm not big into Doom. And this was this screamed very Doom for me. I thought it was it was good. I, I'd go and see him. But I'd be it'd be an in-between kind of in-between bands I want to see kind of band. No, I mean not not even in a bad way. It's got its place. It's just I'm not in the space for it at the minute. But it sounded good for what it was because it's got like some sort of black bits to it, except it certainly doesn't yeah. come through in the production because it sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah, it was the, 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 you, you, man. Okay. Uh, I thought it was closer <laughs> to post-black metal, to be honest. There was definitely doom yeah. aspects to it. But I thought because yeah. of the way that some of the guitar bits were approached, it was closer to the post-black metal stuff. Mm. Yeah, there's a black metal influence to it, but you wouldn't, on the first listen, I thought it was, but then listening to it again, it's it's not, but it's it's there hanging around in the background, but they're not, they're not trying to be black metal, but there is that vibe to it. Well, that, that's why I said post-black metal. Yeah. <laughs> there's <laughs> that, that bit of difference to the uh, post-black stuff it's compared to the actual blackout, uh, black metal. When you're depressed, but you don't mean to be. 
when it's a chemical imbalance rather than something's fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's also uh, I can't look through the lyrics, and there's I would say there's probably some Tolkien influence on the lyrics mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which kind of surprised me. They've got mountains in there. <laughs> yeah, no, no one else sings about mountains. Yeah. No, no one else sings about mountains at all. No, it's talking. So, <laughs> unless it on pills. <laughs> Question is: Are the mountains made out of concrete? Though this is what I've got to figure out. That is, um, that is true. In, in all honesty, probably not, Dave. The gravestone <laughs> might be though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look closely at the album cover and see if the gravestone is indeed made out of concrete or not. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I can't like this one. So I, I looked into them a little bit and um, their little piece on Bandcamp said, yeah, they're two guys that set out to create sad and heavy music, um, which is pretty much exactly what they've done. So yeah, there's no messing around. You know exactly what you're going to get. It's sad, it's heavy. I had it down as like atmospheric doom. Uh, but I think I think Jim said that we've probably done it a bit of disservice, really, because you've got like this nice slow, sad, heavy doom against three bands who are all heavily punk influenced in various different ways. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got all this like fast, you know, fast paced, fairly party music, and then you've got this. <laughs> Come down. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, no. Dave's brought his band to the yeah. gig again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that is the Dave's kind of thing, isn't it? Is that each time you'll pick a band that doesn't fit with your <laughs> I think it's deliberate. I do think it's deliberate. It's, it's not deliberate at all. It's like, what have I liked listening to in the past couple of weeks? Oh, it's this. Oh, it's not what everyone else has picked. Oh, I'll screw you. <laughs> It's great because the way this like playlist is going to go, you're going to have like fast and heavy, like no, so fast and punky, fast and heavy, this, and then we're going to go back to like fast and like party. <laughs> uh, the rest uh, of the bands like you listen to the rest of the bands when you're like, right, I'm going to have a really productive day. I'm going to start vacuum cleaning, blah 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 blah, and then you hit these guys and you just have a full full pack of digestives. <laughs> <laughs> If you actually Shrek was a digestive kind of band, actually. Oh, you know, no. you, you just be kind of sat there just philosophically. Just like, there you just go, boys. If you were thinking of a new bio. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to philosophically stuff your face with digestives, bang on some earth shine and you're set for fucking life. Yeah, there, there, there was one thing that did annoy me, and that was the sound quality. The sound mm. quality sounded like it being recorded in someone's bath. <laughs> They could have just got two baths, put one on top of the other, and recorded it in that kind of gap in between, and they would have got that sound. <laughs> and that annoyed past black metal. It's not that much past black metal. They've still got that black metal recording aesthetic to it. <laughs> well, that would be post bath metal. <laughs> we not ghost bath metal because that's a very different thing. Uh, yes, yeah, that's a very different thing altogether. Forgot about Ghost Bath. That was a fun night. So, we now just created our own feature, which is uh, which biscuit brand is this band? We need to to go back and do that for the other bands tonight. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Right. That's something else to think about. 
Yeah, cool. So I think we're, I think we've covered Earthshine. So now for the uh, thing that everyone's been waiting for, Johnny, take us away. Hang on, wait. That's just we've got to start with the, the elephant in the room, which is like Johnny's managed to brand himself part Rob Flynn, part all the previous bands that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I used mean, to make an effort. Yeah, if you're going to buy the merch, you might as well wear the merch. Might as well wear the merch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've got the footprints in the custard T-shirt for what I'm going to go through now. So yes. So, do you want me to take you away? And I'll, I'll do what I did last time, and I'll, I'll start with a little story about how I came across Footprints in the Custard. So uh, That could mean anything with this band. <laughs> yeah. I came across Footprints in the Custard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have chosen what I do it better there. But anyway, so way back when, in, in 2013 it was, when I was but a wee dipper, sort of, um, I, I went to see Cunt and the Gang at the, at the Flapper in Birmingham. Who are obviously absolute prime music, I would say. Um, but they were supported vision, by this. Vision. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were supported by this really crap but amazing punk band called Scumface, who like prided themselves on doing three-second songs and were just ridiculous. But anyway, so I got home from that gig and I bought their um, EP, which came as a split EP. So there was like 32, I think it was, fucking Scumface songs. And then just another five songs at the other end, which was uh, an EP called Gone Fisting uh, by Footprints in the Custard. And I remember listening to that thinking, fucking hell, it's actually quite good. Um, and then I completely forgot about them. And, and that was that was sort of the end of it until it must have been 2015, went to see Psycho Stick um, in Manchester. And um, the Footprints of the Custard were supporting there. And I remember walking into the room and you had this fucking long-haired ginger bloke looked a bit like Tim Minchin in the middle of the stage wearing a fucking tutu. His guitar, and the guitarist was wearing a mankini. And I was thinking, you know what? Now this is this is absolutely what I wanted to see. And I didn't even realise it. So <laughs> all for Prince of Guess like, they managed to like really brand themselves as like upbeat, sort of punky, kind of thrashy, um, more like a of more partying municipal waste, but without so much heavy on there. Uh, they're like completely lewd, crude, and just really fun. Um, like the, the first track I've got on the list is a track called Party Metal, which pretty much sums up the entire attitude of the band. Like, you know, just even off stage, you know, we, we bumped into them probably far more times than they wanted to see us, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they always have a, yeah, absolute fucking wild time. <laughs> great, great bunch of lads as well. Um, so one of the other songs on there is uh, a song that I always makes me think of Dave. Um, it's called Don't Be a Cunt. <laughs> uh, which is great because... Crying, crying. I'm going to really test uh, Jim's censoring skills now because I'm going to read out the warning that they put at the start of their video for Don't Be a Cunt, which says, warning. This video features real-life cunts who have many years' experience just being generally cuntish. They pulled their collective wisdom together to help the filmmakers send this important message to the public in the hope of stopping further cunts from being cunts. <laughs> Please don't try anything you see here at home, or else you may too become a cunt. Don't be like Footprints in the Custard. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> so, it's got a pretty obvious message that song. I probably don't need to dwell on that one anymore. Um, and mostly because Jim would just get fed up of having to censor me all the time. No, for, uh, I'm going to protect the artistic integrity of the band and leave this one uncensored. 
Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So this could be the last uh, episode of Cryptic Offerings you get. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, it could be. Let's make it if, if, if Zane allows anything to say about it. If, if, any, <laughs> if, if we have any listeners, then yes, this probably will be. I, yes. oh, I, I've, got, I've got the feedback that we got on our last post, actually. I might read that out at the end, because that was quite a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, okay, footprints of the custard. Uh, I would describe him as Andrew WK doing death metal. Yep. <laughs> I, I think that kind of nails down exactly what they are pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and like Johnny, I, I know the band, well, I know two of the band members really well. Uh, I've been drinking with the rest of them more times than I can probably remember. Uh, some, yeah, <laughs> they definitely live as they, they kind of play. Uh, they also have a computer game they're working on that, that oh. I know about, uh, which is basically... Uh, the game is going to be based around the music of the band, but the aim is to go around as an RPG game to collect all the STDs. <laughs> so, hang on. So, does that mean you get to play Merlin when he gets transported forward in time to fight Hitler? Uh, no. Like that, in the song that, Merlin in Berlin? That's entirely different. That's the sequel, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's the second one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, it's based get some cash and can have some graphics. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's semi based on the mascot of the band who I also know uh, in person and uh, his antics in some places, I believe. Yeah, let me give you picked one of the songs. Don't be a cunt, which is one of the ones I think is their best. The other one you didn't pick, which is if you go down to the woods today, mm, which yeah. uh, it, it was the first when I first saw them live, and I didn't really, I didn't realise that I knew a couple of band members at that point. I think it was supporting Evil Scarecrow in 2015 mm. in Satan's Hollow in Manchester, which is where the bassist, who's also drummed for them and done something else in the band as well, uh, is the assistant manager. The drummer used to work on the bar. There. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We, the the uh, basis is actually cracked my head in when I split my head open on my birthday, going head first into a metal bowl. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, they're fun. They're, they're not to be taken seriously. Like, so I'm just mentioned if you go down to the woods today, it's about being raped by a bear. Now, obviously, if anyone was taking that kind of song seriously. They should definitely be getting the sort of therapy that all of footprints need. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that the song that had the line where he just screams, "Oh God, it's warm." That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that was the first song that really kind of caught my ear when I saw them live, and then obviously went on to find more about them, listen through other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's definitely worth kind of uh, picking up on and having a listen to. Didn't they? It won't be last year, now it'll be the year before because of obviously the last mm. year of COVID and that. I think they won the uh, best up and coming band at the uh, HRH Awards. Okay. There's a bullet. They definitely won an up and coming award. Mm. With them, I just can't remember the exact phrasing of the award because I was 
sat on the table next to them and ended up drinking till four or five in the morning in their caravan afterwards. <laughs> Is that uh, at the same time they got pulled in to play HRH Vikings at the last minute because someone yes, dropped yeah, out? Yeah, the same, same year. <laughs> Well, that's what that's what I like about because they're all pretty, they're all Manchester based, aren't they? Yeah, uh, ish, yeah. They're all Manchester, ish, yeah. So, so you know, it's Manchester. It's got good road links and stuff. Everyone knows them because how are you going to miss you know a ginger lad in tutu and another two lads in fucking mankini singing about you know Willie you know singing about Willies and going woo woo wee wee and people actually liking them. But it's just cool how you know, like promoters can just ring them up like footprints. What are you doing today? I don't know. Having a wank and a bacon butter. Uh, fancy playing a festival today? Yeah, go on then. Why not? Jump in the van and they do it. But then when they, when they played that gig, you know, I watched it. And it's like. You know, they've like prepared for it because they're just there to have a laugh, and that comes out. In, obviously, it comes out in the music, but like this, the stage show to call it's just hilarious. Like doing a cover of "It's Raining Men" with like you know Russ prancing through the crowd, the pit of humping, encourage everyone to hump a stranger rather than bash into them. You know, so it's that, and then probably other things that I've. Um, Largely forgotten because once again there are bands that you have to enjoy a beer to. It's uh, Johnny did one day when you um, yeah at eleven in the morning. Oh no, Dave, we have to be counted for footprints. You, you can't enjoy them. So he but was like Johnny, we're about we're about getting on the next day. He goes, it's all right, Dave. I'll do sensible drinking. Yeah, that was. I was so sensible that day. I thought, you know what, I can I can neck half a bottle of spirits. And I'll do it at 11 in the morning and then I'll be nicely buzzed for the Footprints of the Castle gig and I can like sober up throughout the day. Um, and what I actually ended up with was about midnight, one in the morning. Uh, there's a video of me staggering out the toilet, screaming sensible in people's faces. So, uh, yeah, right, it worked. Yeah. I had a good time with Footprints of the Custard though. Yeah. <laughs> I have no connection well, no with this friend, no stories. No, wow. Good. You've said everything that you need to say. I think, um, did we see him at Bloodstock, Dave? I remember so they were announced for it. No, I no, think no, no. And you were like, no, no, you no, Jim. There's a spot car. There's a spot car one time we went to see him. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have seen him. I clearly didn't remember that. You, you had Russell Spooter up close to you because it was at uh, that tiny, tiny venue in Leeds with about 12 people working tights and tinsel action. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I was going through some personal trauma that day, so no wonder if I can suppress that memory. Sorry, go on. Did they get fully naked that night? Because they often do. Um, I, I can't remember. There was there was a ball bag because there was too much ballsiness going on to remember if I saw balls or not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, because I know call. <laughs> The fact that Tenacious D had in the early 2000s of being sort of like, oh, fucking hell, it's a raunchy band, but with two overweight men in it. It has that kind of same effect but in the modern era. But also in the same way as the execution and delivery is really fucking top dollar. Um, what probably would skirt us all by in this conversation is the, the artwork is proper professional and kicks ass. <laughs> it's really fucking good. It's like really engaging, just a few colors, but it's just a giant dick. <laughs> it's just really good right, I've probably got is there one of them on there oh you can't really see no, that that's, a, that's a new low that's the new one yeah yeah. I've got the set of decency somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> and it's all like yeah they use the same colours all the time it's just always the purple and green colour scheme so you should be like getting a massive boner over that one Jim yeah. <laughs> I love it well, it's, it's literally it's the temple of black colours almost 
Whoa. It's not far. It's not far. So is that a new, from the back. a new logo coming up with the Templar Blair? <laughs> it's the giant green and purple penis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just use that to cover up Dave in this video. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. More of a... Go for it. I'm just trying to see. I'm just looking at Footprints merch now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. So I think the other, thing that, the, the other thing that I liked that I, I forgot to mention is uh, you, you mentioned the song Willies Are For Weeing, which is a great song. That was from yes. um, a short EP oh, they did. <laughs> it was from a, a short EP they did that was, um, I think it was funded on like Kickstarter or something similar. And it's called The Fanny P. Uh, and each song on that album was <laughs> suggested by people who backed the album, if I remember rightly. <laughs> um, which is why you also have the song on there about the Paul Taylor experience. Who is a one man ah, yes. um, <laughs> musician um, who knocks around the Manchester scene as well? He's, he's a great lad. Um, can do yes. more things with a kazoo than you really want to know about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was I thought that was a really good concept. You're know, getting like your um, fans. It was almost like um, fucking Jim will paint it the, uh, <laughs> the the album. You know, yeah. just getting people to just suggest random shit and then writing a whole song about it. One of the just to go yeah, on the merch, Paul Taylor's cover of Manowar's Battle Him is something incredible. <laughs> Battle Him on a slide whistle from Poundland was immense. There's, there's a T-shirt that's uh, space, the United States Space Force. It's quite, it's quite like um, faithful to like the usual sort of like Apollo mission design. It's just on the back, it says they stole the fucking moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very enjoyable, and yes, uh, footprints are very enjoyable. Yeah, and Russ, um, the singer, has a, a slightly more serious project as well, called Frozen in Shadows, who have now been announced to play Budstock um, this year, assuming Budstock oh, nice. goes ahead. So, if you want some slightly more serious Jim, melodic we... death, there you go. Jim, the other time we uh, met Footprints was when we were having that um, St. Paddy's Night Out and we went in that first pub and I went, oh, look, it's Russ from Footprints in the Custard. And went up to him and went, Russ, what are you doing here? Yeah. Well, it turns out to me, Russ, what are you doing here? He just looks me up and down and goes, wanking, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) I actually remember that a bit clearer. That was a great night. I could tell stories about that night, which I'm not going to tell here. <laughs> it's not funny, it's upsetting, but it's, to me it's hilarious. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh dear me. What so I think night. I think we've uh, we've covered footprints of the custard quite well. We've covered footprints of the custard. So so Johnny, before we go, you wanted to share some uh, feedback. Ah yeah, I've got some I collected some great feedback um, after episode <laughs> episode three that I think we should uh, we should share. Um, so we've got uh, a bunch of comments on there on Facebook that were great, and one of these is actually a, a direct message to us as well. So um, big shout out to everyone that has been uh, giving us feedback. You know, I'm sure the hordes of people that actually spend their time listening to this all fucking love it, and I think that's shown in these these comments here. So we've got. Uh, Barry Manners said F. Uh, then we had Brian Varney said Codswallop. And Stuart Levy 
I would like to say when she sent us two messages. Uh, the first one said, cretins, do one. Um, <laughs> and the second one was a picture of someone holding a, uh, a jar of cock-flavoured seasoning. Um, got to point out, though, that the hand holding it did have some very nice turquoise nails. So, Stuart, great work on the uh, nail varnish there. Um, then we also had uh, Simon Janssen, who was the vocalist from Primal Instinct, said, uh, we got some funny comments on a podcast from the world's coolest guy. I assume he was just referring to me on that one. Um, and then we had, um, I, in fact, I got a personal message from Antsat, who simply said, the next album will contain three songs about concrete. So there you go, Dave. <laughs> it's all right. It's all I want in life. It's all I want in life. I'll concrete now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's Tommy Concrete for your next pick then Dave <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm seriously going to delve into whatever hole I can find to see if there's a genre of like you know construction metal and see yeah just just leave it with me lads I'll, I'll find something good though you were uh, didn't Raise by Owls do a, a cover of the Bob the Builder soundtrack or the theme cheese <laughs> that, that's the jumping off point that's the jumping off point <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, we'll leave it there then if we've told all the tales about footprints we want to tell. So, Johnny, we the, the podcast now is a Facebook page. It does. It does, does indeed. It? You can find us yes. on our, our Facebook simply by looking for Cryptic Offerings from Uber Rock and Temple of Blair. Cool. <laughs> it really rolls well, off the tongue, I find. Yeah, but the thing is, I want to know what them guys who didn't like us were searching for to find us. <laughs> Fuck no, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll by, by the by the sound of the pictures, cock flavored seasoning, possibly, yeah. possibly. Yeah. I, I just enjoyed the fact that the word cod swallop was used. I don't think I've heard that like forever. Yeah. He's like he's jumped yeah. straight out of like the yeah. 16th century. Or something. Well, I I want to know what he's got against fish to want to hit cod so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember the bands we spoke about last month and how some uses the word cod and get involved with those bands is I want to know where the Venn diagram meets <laughs> it, it's probably not on your pick Dave in all honesty fair enough <laughs> cool I just want to say stuff about social media so Temple of Blair Temple of Blair yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah just google it <laughs> <laughs> just I'm all professional, so you can you can finish this one off. <laughs> okay, uh, the Facebook is at Uberock. Uh, I have in terms of Twitter, I think it's it's basically the website address www.uberock.co.uk. I think <laughs> trying to remember now. Uh, I I don't usually have to use the uh, social media too much for this site, so. Uh, I just like the posts. <laughs> so the uh, Instagram as well is uh, Uber Rock Kicks Ass. Yeah, and that's... Uh, my I... personal one is uh, Jaybear Jazzmaster on Instagram, where you can find mostly music-related stuff and the, the fact that I am still trying to convert that van, it's not going particularly well. <laughs> uh, I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at DJ Astro Group. It's easy. Pretty easy. Pretty Music. Right, we'll leave it there. And because I haven't said it for weeks, I'm going to finish up with it. I'm going to say it, lads. I'm going to say it. That's blessed. Wait, all, 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 just, all just connect before it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Now I've got a job, 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 I've